0: Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello, and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast once again. This is episode number 73, entitled Why Smart Slider 3 Might Make You Think About Using Sliders All Over Again. It was released on the 26th of April, 2018. My name's Nathan Wrigley from pictureandword.co.uk, a small web development agency based in the north of England, and I'll be joined later by David Wormsley from davidwormsley.com so that we can have our discussion which is entitled how much for a website and also our little ending fact right at the end which is entitled google chrome blocking ads please go to the wpbuild.com website and use the player there if you can and use the buttons underneath it to share it all over the internet we love it when we get ice itunes reviews especially those five star ones it really does help There's a whole load of wpbuilds.com forward slash something links I'm about to mention. I do this each week, but now there's loads of them. So, for example, if you go to wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook, you'll be able to join our Facebook group. If you go to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe, you'll be able to join our newsletter. And so it goes uh, forward slash advertise to advertise, forward slash YouTube if you want to watch um, the episodes or rather listen to the episodes on YouTube, and brand new forward slash Slack. So that's wpbuilds.com forward slash Slack. Um, I know that a lot of you prefer using Slack as your medium of communicating. Well, we've opened up a Slack channel, or a variety of Slack channels, and um, if you go over to that link, then you'll be able to join, there's um, basically all you have to do is fill in your email address, and you'll be joined right away. That's great. Um, At the moment, if you go to forward slash win, there is a competition which is based very much around today's episode, because today we are talking about Smart Slider 3, and we have got... Um, a a competition over there where you can win one of three Smart Slider licenses. So yeah, also, if you do like today's episode and you like the Smart Slider plugin, if you use the offer code WPBUILDS, no spaces, all capital letters, you can get 20% off for the first three months. So that's probably worth doing. Okay, we'll move right along in a moment to the discussion with David and I. But just to say that today... Um, We have got Daniel David from Smart Slider 3 on the podcast. If you haven't used sliders for a long time, I know they sort of went out of fashion, but they're back. His product is super duper cool. Simple drag and drop um, slider. It's really way more complicated than that. And it's got absolutely loads of features. So it's maybe worth checking out. Anyway, you can find out more about him later. I would just like to say a a deep, deep thank you for listening once again. I really appreciate the fact that you take time out in your week to do that. I hope you enjoy today's episode.
1: Hello, we're calling this conversation, How Much for a Website? And this really comes out of the fact that Nathan and I are frequently on Facebook groups and we see this question come up quite a lot of times. There'll be an original poster who will have a job that's coming from a client and they ask everybody how much they should be charging for it. And it's always so, so popular. So we thought we would jump on board with this one. Mm. So Nathan, how do we start this one?
0: Well, that is to say, I think we should start this one by saying we haven't a clue. Uh, we often start, <laughs> have you noticed how often we say that at the beginning of these discussions? Yeah. But that's yeah. that's what we're about, isn't it? We're not trying to posit yeah. that we know the answers, but we do have a chat about things. So that's quite nice. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know, but absolutely right. It's in there all the time. If you're new in the industry, um, you know, you're constantly being baffled by how people that you know and love and communicate with can charge four times what you do. And they seem to do it on a consistent basis. Um, and also it's the kind of thing that's, you know, you get emails from companies all the time and there's quite a few companies in the WordPress space like YouGurus and WP Elevation who who make it their mission so that you can charge more for a website. But um, for me, life has just proved that, that there is no particular value. It's not like going into a shop and buying a pair of trainers uh, or trousers or anything like that. You know, they're just, they're, they're just different. Each one is completely different. Nevertheless... Your way of doing it is totally different to my way of doing it. So maybe if we both discuss that, um, that might be a good place to start. So tell us us how you you charge.
1: Yeah, well, I kind of do it a little bit like it's trainers now. I stressed out so much. I was influenced by... The, the people and that's WP Elevation and many other Curtis McHale, I read their information, their book that they had out and it was about value pricing. But in the end I decided that wasn't the best model for me. Um, it was a lot easier with the jobs that naturally came in via a friend of mine and, and just friends and family extended. Uh, they were low budget clients and it was a lot easier when they wanted things to be able to sort of say, okay, let's break it down into different jobs that might happen on a website or a project and just charge that. So that's where I'm moving now. So everything is almost getting a set price, which is, I guess, what most people don't do. Most people are kind of taking a look at the type of client they've got, what they think they might want and, and trying to sort of job price the whole thing, you know, where I'm trying to break it into little units which have the same price. It doesn't matter who they buy a day of my time and we can achieve a certain amount of things in that day. And if they want to do more, then they buy another day and, and so it goes.
0: Oh yeah, I think yeah, that's pretty unique. I mean, we know of a few people who do that, um, mm. but there's not many. I think you are quite unique in that respect. I would say most people are not doing it that way. Um, uh, I guess it requires a certain amount of turnover, doesn't it? Um, and you need people to constantly be shuffling through quite quickly. Um, the, the way I do it is, I, I I don't actually put a great deal. I mean, obviously, we're we're disassociating this conversation with um, proposals and finding clients. Mm. We're just talking about how much to charge at the point where the proposal goes in, I suppose. Um, mm. I'm I'm very much of the school that I break the I break my proposal down into two or three sections. So this is the essential stuff this is the uh, you know this is the possible stuff that kind of thing so i might have let's say this section over here is x amount of pounds and really we can't build the website unless you give us that much and then here's some here's a few things which you said you'd like but aren't really essential and i bolt those on at the end i find that it's roughly 50 50 um, depending on how I phrase it, you know, some people will buy the, the core stuff and say, can we come back to the, the other stuff another time, which usually means I don't want it or I'm not going to pay for it. Cause they never ever come back and say, Oh, you know that, you know, those few extra thousand pounds that we discussed, I'd <laughs> like to spend it with you now. No, that never happens. So basically it means <laughs> they're going to build the website the cheapest way possible. And that's fine. Um, mm. so that's, that's my approach is just scope out the project, think back. Um, about a similar thing that I did before and I'm kind of working on the clock a little bit so I'm thinking okay that thing'll take me 4 hours that thing's going to take me 2 hours that'll be another 8 and so on and then I work it out work in the the profit margins and then just pick a pick a figure which I know is going to turn a profit for me sometimes that's gone really wrong though you know uh something that I thought would be really easy and I thought a plugin would mm. handle that It didn't, and I had to, you know, go and search something out and make it happen. Other times, it's worked out much better. You know, during the process, I've discovered a plugin that actually handles much more than I thought it would. And oh, that's good, saved me a load of time. So that's how Mm -hmm. I work. There's a, a proposal with a fixed amount at the end, and the client either says yes or no. But in terms of how much to charge for it, like I say, for me, it's it's kind of working on a, a few factors. Number one, the amount of time it's going to take me. That's a big part of it. So, um, you know, like I said, base it upon the stuff that I've done before. And the second one is um, what I think the client is able to bear. Uh, mm. And we were talking before I came on the, the phone a, a few months ago. I went to see a, a client and it was pretty obvious when I approached the building that the client was much bigger than I had anticipated. You know, They've got staff on the door and they've got offices going off to left and right. And, and I ended up meeting a person who whose responsibility it was for that day, just to talk to me. Uh, they had no other responsibilities. So they've got somebody, that person is somebody that I'm com- gonna communicate with. The building's big, everything looks like it's ticking over nicely, multi-million pound business, we're all good. So I put in a different price from the lady mm. down the road who's selling bolts of cloth. Um, they didn't want anything particularly different, but it felt mm. to me if I was to offer her the same pricing structure as I offered the other business, there would be less chance uh, of me winning it. And, and that might sound a little bit disingenuous from the outside, but in both cases, it worked. Um, and I was able to charge a little bit more. It was more work for the bigger project, I won't lie. But um, sometimes I think the the nature of the business is is going to cause you to to price differently. You know who, who you're dealing with, how many employees they've got, how much they want to offhand it to you, and so on. So yeah, mine's a bit more made up each and every time that I do it.
1: Yeah, but are you thinking? You know, you said the one that you charge more for took more time, and it. And are you not subconsciously allowing for that? The fact that that type of client maybe more pedantic over certain issues and that will take up more time.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, and also I kind of work on the basis that if there's just one person in the business, it's typically worked out for me that, they're, that they've been less fussy because there's mm. one pair of eyes you know, or you know, if it's a tiny little business, there's one pair of eyes. And so very quickly, you know that that one person, if you say, how does it look now? That one person is going to come back to you tomorrow and say the truth. Whereas if it's a big business, you say to the person who's supposed to have responsibility, oh, you know, what's it like? And then typically you get, oh, well, this person thinks we need to do this and this. So there's there's more, there's always yes. more stuff iterating to be done when it's a big business because everybody wants to get their hands dirty on it. So yes, you're right. Uh, I do because I sort of subconsciously know. But also I think there's a bit of me which is... Um, it's going to sound a bit grandiose if I use the word philanthropic because it's not that. Mm. Uh, I, I need to turn a profit. That's the truth. But um, mm. I kind of I kind of do like to make the pricing, um, you know, for example, if it's somebody I know very well, that will be a different price. Uh, and if it's somebody who's doing a startup and I can sort of perceive that maybe there'll be additional work coming down the line, that reflects mm. the price a little bit as well and usually drives it south a bit. So there's lots of factors at play, really. Yes,
1: I definitely think the thing you were saying about multiple stakeholders, that's got to have an influence in the the website cost. Because if, if you've got to bring so many different people on board with a project, that takes time.
0: Well, my experience is they're usually less bothered about asking for changes. Um, you know, the one person shop, this lady selling bolts of cloth. Um, it was just a discussion straight from the hip. And you know that if she said, yeah, I like that, that's actually what she meant whereas the the bigger businesses where there's many many stakeholders I I can never quite what's the word Mm. I'm never quite sure if the words that are are, yeah that looks fine I'm not sure if that's the truth yet and sometimes you have to just wait and see so yeah the 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 pricing for me is it sounds very cottage industry doesn't it and it sounds like it's made up and probably that's because it is um (laughs) I, I wonder if you know if agencies work on this model, they probably sit down and sweat the details a lot more and you know think very, very carefully. But because it's me and I'm building one site after another i'm I'm allowed that flexibility and I'm allowed that freedom and So long as I turn a profit in some way, shape or form, it's not really that important.
1: Yeah, I think pricing is really important um, There's always somebody who says that they've undercharged and lost a job. Um, there's usually that comment more than there is the comment of the one that we fear that we overcharge and Mm. lose the job. Mm. And, um, I mean, that doesn't happen in my case. I mean, I think I had to adopt the model that we did because what would happen is that we would get, my clients are largely low budget clients and they would have ideas and it would be really tricky because I wouldn't be able to scope out the project with them. They wouldn't give me that time to really work out what this is really going to cost me in time and whether plugins are going to work for their project. So that was the easiest way is to say, well, look, this is what I can do for a day. I can get this site up and installed. It can look like this. It can have this plugin. And then they would keep buying on and they would have to come in on the risk with me if it was a bigger project.
0: Yeah. Did you ever, ever charge for the preamble to building the website? Because I know that's a thing that some people manage to do, but I've Mm. never yet charged for that sort of orientation session at the beginning where, you know, give give me a day's pay and I'll come and sit with you and, and we'll work out what the proposal's going to be. Mm. Do you know what? I have got this, as I'm
1: selling everything as a kind of shop product, I was intending to put discovery period as That's a day word. that That's someone word, could yeah. buy. Yeah. And uh, I haven't done it yet because Effectively, the projects that have come up so far, we know where we're going with them. Fairly simple ones, right. and we just stop, they just buy the day, and they might have to buy another day if it's not complete, and that will include that. Because my day isn't necessarily a full day. They will book a day, but we will start with some of the communication on that day beforehand. It it just means there's a deadline. That's all it means, really.
0: Yeah. Do you... um, So Discovery, I think, is quite a valuable service to sell. And I know that a lot of people do succeed in doing that because you're not... You're not selling the proposal. You're selling, this is what you should do with a website. And then in theory, if they don't go with you, they can at least take that document and give it to somebody else and say, look, this is what a professional has said we actually need. I've just never done yes. it. It just hasn't been something that I've ever I've ever sat down. and Because at the point where I'm sitting in front of them, I kind of feel, well, I'm pitching now anyway. Um, yes. And you're going to tell me what I need to propose for. Um, and to be honest with you, I'm out of the league of... Um, You know, I'm not in that area where people have got a a thousand pound discovery budget or 200 or 500 quid, whatever it might be, discovery budget. For me, there very often it's more about, look, come and tell us what you'll build and then give us a price in the next few days. That's just the way it's worked for me.
1: Yeah, I think so. Mind you, you are Nathan Wrigley from WP Builds. You should be able to charge this.
0: I I I I don't know what that means. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm, on, I'm, I'm the other guy
0: <laughs> No, I, I tell you, this podcast hasn't made a hasn't made a blind bit of difference to my to yeah. bus, my business in a sense because if if it's an interesting discussion to have, we, we won't dwell on it long. But because I'm talking to we we are talking to fellow WordPress people. I'm I'm never this podcast is never for clients. So. It, it, this, you know, the, the the, purpose of this isn't that really, is it? One one day I might say, but I'm Nathan Wrigley from WP Pills. Do you not know who I am? And they'll promptly say, no, there's the door. <laughs> Do you have a discount? I,
1: I... Oh, no. Actually, yeah, that's a thing. That's a good one. I've decided no discounts ever for right. anybody. It's period.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So not, not even upon renewal of your yearly contract or anything like that? no
1: well uh, let me just think about that yeah the only no i decided no there was nothing in there that's going to be discounted have i played with that do you know what i think you have to make your decisions how you're going philosophically when you're charging for websites yes and i decided i would play to what i like what what makes me who i am and that's i'm very straight talking value pricing doesn't work on me personally you know i I try and avoid things like Starbucks and Apple who do value pricing, you know, mm. this it's in my nature to be straightforward. I won't knock off a few quid off the price, you know, so it looks lower. Yeah. So, and I've just decided that's me. So I'm going to present everything I do that way. No discounts. None of this sort of salesy stuff. If yeah, you like, it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. straightforward.
0: Yeah. I've had a few moments where um, I've had conversations on the phone where, you know, so, some people are so confident, aren't they? They, you know, they phone up mm. and say, look, we're we're ready to go ahead. In fact, this happened to me last year. We're ready to go ahead with this bo- this project. And actually this particular project that I'm alluding to, it was quite, it was it was worth my while having it. Um, but he said, before we do that, we need it for X amount cheaper. And it was one of those heart sinking moments. It's like, oh, goodness me. What do you <laughs> say? What, what on earth should I say? In the end, we found a, a nice compromise. They didn't, they didn't push it too much, and I was happy to say, "Look, okay, if you know, if you really must push me like this, that's fine. But will you know, you have to understand that you've done this for me, so there might be a few less, less iterations, or you know, I might not be on the phone quite as much as you want, and, and so on and so forth. I can't remember how I couched it, but um, I hadn't really discounted until that point. But the 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 persona of this person uh, kind of kind of implied to me look, either do it or or don't. So I did, and it worked. Uh, but I, yeah. I, I don't want to be in that position again. Um, but it wasn't such a significant amount of money. Speaking of which, we had a conversation before this discussion started, and it kind of feels to me like your personality is utterly crucial to this mm-hmm. discussion. Um, in other words, if you are a... I don't know what this means, but if you're like a born salesman, if you're the kind of person that can hold the room um, and you are able to talk, you're not, you are not—you don't get flustered, you don't get embarrassed by talking about money, you're very confident in what you do. I wonder mm. if those people are the people who can achieve high prices consistently because of their personality type, whereas the more, uh, should we say, shy, introverted people, are going to find it more difficult to look people in the eye when they're talking about money. They've maybe got a, a reluctance to talk about money, embarrassment around money conversations. And so they're more likely to fall into the trap of going lower. Do, am I talking rubbish or do you think there's anything in that?
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot in that. I think that's why it's a sticking point, isn't it? That's why we have things like you gurus and WP Elevation because it's. I think it's a sticking point for most of us mm. who work on our own on our websites on our computers we yep.
0: just we're not we're not out there being sales people are we no and it, it also strikes me that the you know the big agencies they have they employ people for this exact job you know for the negotiation mm. process and people who can command the room and go in and be bold about the pricing talk about the value not waver not fluster this is what it is we've got a track record sign on the dotted line let's get on with it and i know people like that i know people who they just sort of have that they ooze success um, Mm. and they have that confidence about them. And and at those moments, um, I don't know if I am that person. Sometimes I can pretend to be it for a little bit, but I don't know deep down if I I am that person or not. Mm. On
1: these conversations, on these threads, it's usually based on very little information. So let's say an original poster has posted, what should I charge for this website? And they just say they want a membership site and they want 10 pages and just a few brief things. There are plenty of people who will just give a figure based on that very little information That's it's going to be that figure. Mm. And I, I find that really interesting that people do that. They just decide any job, I guess, that's got that kind of level of complexity, often not much, is worth this amount of money, and that's yeah. their figure. Yeah, well, if it works
0: <laughs> and you've got enough interest coming through the door, you know, you've got enough people dialing your number on the phone or emailing you, I guess you can charge it. Yeah. Um, the difficulty, of course, is when you're in that position where the phone isn't ringing, um, mm. and you're struggling to make ends meet. You're gonna you're gonna be forced into the winning the uh, winning the price war at any cost. Um, yeah, it's difficult. And it, what's interesting to me, I just come back from WordCamp London uh, several days ago, and um, and you you meet you meet a lot of people from different walks of life. Some of them, like me, you know, solo people just. Just doing what you do, and, and then you meet other people from great big agencies and they've got a process for everything. And I I'm not sure. I'm not sure which is the best way to go. I love the freedoms that this gives me, but it gives me headaches around these exact subjects. But I I can, you know, I can sit in my office at home and, and do things like the podcast on my on my day off. Um I have to yes. deal with everything, I have to meet the clients, deal with the clients, propose to the clients, do all of that. But then the flip side is I get to do things like go to the beach this afternoon or talk to you on a podcast episode. Whereas if I was um, in an office with a process and a structure and everything was well thought out, I wouldn't have those freedoms. So it's a bit of swings and roundabouts, really.
1: Yeah, absolutely. One thing that comes up, I think, in these threads as well is that people often make the point that they're, they're selling their skills and experience, not necessarily the website. And that that's the the yeah. main thing that adjusts the price, and I always wonder about that one. I, I think that's that's fair comment you are because there's years of experience that comes into this, but it's not very quantifiable, is it? I always wonder how uh, how you get that over to a client if you're if you're using that as your you know your main price uh, differentiator, you know your skills and experience. To how do you prove it?
0: Yeah, I guess you need a portfolio and a bunch of people standing behind your back with testimonials, you know, people who Mm. they know that can categorically say, yeah, this guy knows his stuff, he'll deliver on time. And it does come down to those things. Um, And I guess the longer you've been in it, that would be a good thing to say, you know, if, if you are new to this, the longer you've been in it, the more things like this you work out for yourself, you can... You can make a li- you can make a living doing this by yourself without ever watching a YouTube video or ever doing anything. You'll figure mm. it all out. But sometimes, watching those videos is a bit of a shortcut and a way of doing it. But I yeah. To sum up, how much for a website? I've no idea. It's up to you. That's that's me. I, I, it's up to me. I can I can charge whatever I like. Because at the end of the day, I'm not beholden to anybody. But I guess if you've got more people, more mouths to feed, a bit a business that you're running, you've got to be a little bit more serious about it and and have more of a process than I do. Yeah. Do you know there's more
1: in this conversation? We must do something branching off there. I thought of a whole load of things we yes, should talk about. But me too. I think we'll like, come, We'll come back to it.
0: Yeah. Things like selling your time for you know time for money, those kind of things. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting stuff. So should we um should we knock it on the head there and get on with the interview? Yeah, great. Okay. Hello and welcome to the interview part of the podcast. Today, all the way from Hungary, I have Daniel David. Now, I've probably messed that name up because there's probably a Hungarian pronunciation, but nevertheless, he's been forgiving enough to say that I can call him Daniel David. So, hello, Daniel. Hello, Nathan, and thank you for the invitation. No, you are very welcome. Um, as always, there is a, a purpose behind these uh, interviews. And Daniel is here um, on behalf of a company called NextEnd, who you've probably heard of before, in all honesty. They they have a heritage of releasing high-quality WordPress plugins. And um, Daniel's here today to talk about one which actually came to me through David Wormsley, because David Wormsley is a, is a user of this. And it's called Smart Slider 3. Now, you've probably come across plugins that are similar to this. The intention, of course, is to to occupy a large part of the website. Very often, it's on the homepage at the very top. And for things to, well, traditionally slide in and slide out. But Smart Slider 3 is a little bit more fully featured and complicated. So that's what we're going to talk about today, Smart Slider 3. So my first question, Daniel, if that's all right, is... um, Many years ago, say five or six years ago, sliders were all the rage. They were very common. Um, everybody was using them. Just about every website had them. But it feels like that time has gone a little bit. So my first question is: Are they still something which we should be exploring? What's the what's the purpose in in the modern age of a of a slider plugin?
2: Ooh, it's, it's a really hard question. Firstly, uh, well, I think uh, we should start with the with the rage part. In my opinion, this reach still exists because people don't really know how to use the slider correctly Mm. on their website. This is the main purpose. So uh, most importantly, it is not the sliders fault. I mean, if your homepage slider contains 11 low quality images with with inappropriate messages which move and flash without any control, then it's not your sliders fault. It's Mm. your or your design for it, in my opinion. And the, and the place of the slider, it's, it's also not, not not so simple. In my opinion, there is two uh, main use case for a slider right now. Uh, the first one is the most obvious. Simply, it's a good way to add plenty of content into a small space. Uh, but it's very, very important, important that you, uh, don't have to do this automatically everywhere on your site. So just because you can do this, you don't have to do this. Uh, let's see an example, in my opinion, if you have uh, something similar. So for example, products or testimonials or something like that, which has the same design pattern. And you would like to add these contents into a small space, then probably it is a good idea. The other option that you mentioned before, which is also quite obvious, is to create something engaging and stunning, which makes your website more unique or tell a great story. Um, in my opinion, in this case, it, it is also very important to not overuse the slider, just uh, try to create something tasteful. And when I say tasteful, I mean with great pictures, with smooth animations or something like that. So. All in all, just one more sentence, I know how to use a slider correctly. And in my opinion, a slider can do the job very well if you know how to use it.
0: Yeah, I, I would I would completely concur with that. I think um, because they became um, very popular, uh, as with all things on the internet, as soon as it's become very popular, it starts to become unpopular, if you like, and it sort of use drops off. But I, I completely agree. If you've got a... An area, a small area on the website, whether that's in a, dare I say it, in a sidebar or the, the, the top, the the very top part of your homepage, using something like this because you can present multiple layers of information um, in one hit is very engaging, you know, and you can have animations and, and we all know that video converts very well and and so... Really, it's moving images, and this allows you to move things, including your own bespoke text, without the complexity of having to create your own uh, video
2: um, videos. Yes, the engaging part is is I think it's familiar for your audience. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the different layers and text can be looks really really good the other part when when you create for example a testimonial slider in my opinion it, it is it is very great because uh, let's see a use case for example if i go to your home page and uh, check your site on my mobile then probably i don't for, and, and for example on your home page you have a testimonial block where there is five six uh, testimonial slides then without a the slider i should uh, scroll over the five or six uh, testimonial slides which is a plenty of content mm. and if i'm not interested in it then then probably it's it's not a it's not a great user experience for me mm. if, if i would like to check your product or your testimonials then on a mo- mobile it's it's very very great just to uh, swipe right or uh, swipe left
0: yeah um
2: the the
0: the product itself is, I mean, these things are incredible. I don't know how you go about building something like this. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But if you were to, um, if you're listening to this podcast and you, you want to look at this, you actually go to Smart Slider 3. Now it's the number three. So it's all as one word, smartslider3.com. Um, you'll get in, you'll get right on the homepage. You'll see probably the plugin in evidence actually, um, and it's got its own terrific UI. Um, it's a bit like a page builder in that there are sections um, which you can drag and drop in, and then you get like an inspector area where you can tweak those settings. I mean, it's incredible. Really, it's fully featured, isn't it? There's an awful lot in there. Um, what I would like you to do, if that's okay, is is tell us what are the what are the the fantastic bits that you're really proud of in Smart Slider Three. What are the bits that, if you like, um, separate it from your competitors?
2: Okay, so you get the the best point of the product, in my opinion, because it's not just a slider; it's much more like a, a visual builder yes. software. I don't really like to say it's a page builder because i know there is a plenty of page builder yes. <laughs> where the page builders simply better because uh, they are faster it doesn't matter if it's element or divi or beaver builder but but these softwares are simply better for create something uh, simple but when you need something really stunning then uh, smart study can really shine because uh, uh, i think the most important feature which is which is Really great is the two different uh, slide editing mode. The f- how should I explain? The first one is the canvas mode. It's like Photoshop or or any traditional slider software. So you have a plenty of layers. You can move them absolutely freely. And and I think it it is the ordinary way that you know from other uh, slider softwares. Yeah. Uh, the other. Uh, slide editing mode is the content mode, which is kind of like in the page builders. So you will be able to add rows and columns and drop your layers into these containers. Mm. So, okay, so now we have two uh, different modes: the canvas mode and the content mode. The best part is that you can switch between these modes anytime. It's something totally new, and as i know there isn't any similar software on the market on or on the web where well, you will be able to build like in photoshop but also it's it's quite simple like like a page builder so first of all i think this is the the best feature probably in smart slider 3 also with smart slider is very important it's an all in one software i mean you will be able to get, create full width sliders full page sliders, Karauzas or blocks and it is also very important that you can create simple blocks with beautiful animations or for your hero section and you don't have to create slides if you don't want just just a simple part of your website where you need something extra, something engaging
0: so with the content area you're able presumably um, to take things like the the featured image the um the title of the post and the author and things like that and play with those and allow those to let's say on um, archive pages or singular pages to to have interactive beautifully animated sections which which might show the title and the featured image and some of the the content itself those kind of things
2: yes in the content mode you should use, uh, of course, mostly text and images. And for the canvas is decorating and uh, for animation mostly. Uh, but you can mix as you want. So, so yes.
0: I think we're kind of used to um, seeing people go a bit overkill with a lot of these animations. When, when all of this stuff started, I remember always trying to get the most dramatic um, effect that I could until I realized actually in many cases the subtle stuff is what really stands out, you know, when something just modestly fades in, or if something just slightly moves, or grows, or shrinks. It's just that tiny little extra detail which adds, um, which adds all the impact that you need, really. Um, now you're on you're on slider, smart slider version three point two. So I'm guessing that at some point there was a version one and one point one and two and so on and so forth. Um, and now we've got this really feature-rich product, and I would encourage you to go and look at the website because you'll see what we're on about. I think it's almost impossible to describe um, exactly the complexity of what you can do with Smart Slider 3. But what's what's changed um, over the last however many years you've been making this? What, what what iterations have you gone through, and how have you ended up being
2: where you are now? Um, well, of course, we added plenty of features, and the Smart Slider 3 and Smart Slider 1 was totally different softwares. I mean, uh, now we are focusing mostly on user experience and uh, and on the core product. We don't really want to add an extra unnecessary feature or an extra unnecessary animation because we don't believe in this. If I am the product designer of this software, so my goal is to create something which works for almost everybody and i don't really want to create something bloated something which is overkill on your side as you mentioned it's very important if you create an animation that creates something smooth because less is more mm. do you um
0: now that we're moments away really it feels like now um from gutenberg has that been a good thing for this product or has that required a lot of re-engineering or is it just going to be more or less exactly as it was? We call- we constantly talk about Gutenberg and until the day it's finally released, we we're going to keep talking about it, I think. But well, how's that process been for you uh, over the last few months and possibly year developing for that moment in time?
2: Honestly, I as a designer, I'm on the other part of ah, okay. the internet, so I... I really like Gutenberg. I'm sorry, guys. I really like Gutenberg. Yeah, in my opinion, <laughs> in my opinion, it's a good thing. It's a, not for developers or designers. It's good for your clients because because editing is the uh, most popular part of your site. I mean, uh, you will do this every time. I mean, your client clients and uh, and yes, Gutenberg is really good. And we have a plenty of idea. How should we? Step forward with Smart Slider three and uh, create something with Gutenberg. I have a really great idea, which is which is almost public. Only know uh, try to imagine something with with uh, images and something which is which is really really fast.
0: Oh, okay. So there's something to look forward to. you on day one when WordPress five comes out. Sounds like you guys have. I've been. It sounds like you've been doing your homework anyway. You haven't yeah, ignored I see it. Yeah, already. You've uh, <laughs> ah great. Okay, okay. Well, we'll we'll let the we'll let the audience figure out what that is for themselves. Um, one of the things I would say about a product like yours is that because um, it's so complicated. Well, that's the wrong word to use. It's not complicated. There's just no, no, so I, so many I... options. Um, yes, it is the best. Yeah, uh, but... there's just so many buttons that you can press and so many choices of things that you can drag in. And then the inspector reveals more options, you know, colors and padding and um, left aligning and right, everything, you know, and you can use um, taxonomies and categories and all of that to drag certain content in. It's kind of overwhelming to begin with. Um, and so the the thing that strikes me about a product like this is that what, what I'm going to be doing as soon as I buy it is I'm going to be leaning very heavily on, on your support, because I'll want to get it from the experts exactly how to use it. So what, what do you do in terms of getting people from zero to hero? Do you, do you have um, chat support or email support? How long does that take? Do you offer tutorial videos to help people like
2: me? And so on. Um, currently, we have two amazing dedicated uh, supporters, Ramona and Kábor. I'm really proud of our support team uh, because in my opinion, we are really, really fast and uh, the quality of our support is, is amazing. I mean, really go, go to WordPress repository, stop the podcast right now and check our reviews (laughs) because this is the best way to check uh, the quality of our support in my opinion. Uh, Yes, I know exactly what it means. uh, Good support. And for me, uh, it's, it's like little. So, if you would like to create a good product, then then it, it is it's a must-have thing. You have to create something which works, which works on your client side, because because it's, it's obvious. Do you um
0: how long normally? Because you know, depending on which product you've bought, um they offer the support within twenty four hours or forty eight hours. What's your what's your target for replying to um support requests?
2: The official time is around uh, one business day. Perfect. But if I check, uh, uh, we are working with Help Scout and uh, usually we, if, if we are in uh, business hours, then we write you back in minutes, oh. really in minutes. Wow. But, uh, of course, it, it, it is in email, and if you go to our, uh, we have a Facebook group. Yep. And if you go to our Facebook group, then you can read a plenty of really really. Positive uh, review. Oh, so you, you have a,
0: a dedicated Facebook group?
2: Yes, but we are not so active there. Okay.
0: Okay. No in support. It, no support in there. But there's lots of people helping each other uh,
2: out. We yeah. try to support uh, those uh, comments too. Just, just it's it. Um, I don't really know what should we do there. No, I mean, I, we, have, we have a Facebook fan page where we try to uh, post our news and new videos or something like that, but. In the Facebook uh, group, we try to help our users, but usually the email support is faster. Okay, so um, just looking on the
0: Smart Slider website, if we go to smartslider3.com forward slash pricing, we'll notice that there are four tiers that you can have. There's a, a free tier at $0, obviously, which you can tell us about in a minute and how many users you've got. There's a single domain usage license of $25. There's a business license with giving you 10 domains for $100. And then there's the unlimited license for $200. Um, How many
2: people are using this plugin? Right now, the active Insta number is more than 200,000. Wow,
0: wow, wow, wow. That is a lot. That really is a lot, though, isn't it? You know, occasion. Yeah, yeah. Occasionally, you see a plugin with six numbers. so It's not very often.
2: Uh, yes, of course. And, and I, I don't really want to promote the pro version. Go to our site and try the free. If you like it, you probably will like the pro version. Yeah. But we have two very, very great options. I mean, uh, on our site, you can try the pro version also. So you have to go to our site, and you will be able to try the pro version. And if you don't like it, we have, of course, course money refund
0: okay yeah perfect thank you yeah the the other question i suppose then is that if if people from this group and I, i think the people in this group are the kind who they like to spend money where money is owed if you like you know they'll they'll spend money because they want to support the developers and they realize that you guys have to make a living um I guess that the next question would be, if we're spending money on it, we'd like to know what is going to be developed in the future. So maybe you could spend a moment telling us about the the roadmap, the future plans for Smart Slider 3.
2: Yes, of course. Uh, This is the hardest part for me as a product designer because our to-do list is infinite and we have a lot of new ideas. Uh, First of all, I think the most important that we would like to improve our user experience and move to the visual builder way better navigation faster and smoother experience with smart slider uh, i think this is the this is the most important right now because we feel that we can improve these things uh, in addition i have a brand new idea to create a slider as simple as possible i would like to implement a feature where the users only uh, task is to pick images from pages or posts. So imagine something which is out from the plugin, and you will be able to create a slider from the page or the post editor. And you don't have to go into the Smart Slider admin and create a slider, and then go back and uh, paste the shortcode. just, just you can leave, or you can stay, I mean, uh, on on the page or post editor. Huh. Also, uh, we would like to implement uh, DB because Divi with 3.1 hopefully will add uh, more feature for us as developers uh, these cooperations are quite uh, popular uh, previously we have cooperation with beaver builders or site origin uh, so these, we would like to continue uh, this integration and of course there is a plenty of Gimmick, I think gimmick feature is on the way. like uh, <laughs> I don't really like these features. I'm sorry, guys. I am that person who like smooth and simple animations, but I know there is a plenty of user and customer out there who needs something which is flashy or something like that. So I'm sure we are going to add new type of animations, um, typewriter effects. Or something like that.
0: Uh, <laughs> they're, they're always, they're, there's always a use case for the stuff that most yes, of us... Yes, 90% yes, of us yes. will never touch it, but there'll be 10% who are h- hardcore fans of the, the blinking text or the yeah the typewriter yes. effect. Yeah, you see it. You see it all over the place. So, I mean, what we can take from that is that you guys are committed to this. This isn't something that um, of is, going, is going to go away. You're, 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 you've got some ideas and they're going to be implemented.
2: Yes, and it's very important that we have a really good slider library where where you can start from with more than 100 ready-to-use slider. Of course, we would like to add new layers. We would like to add new controls and 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 everything like that.
0: Um, I would say that it's been an incredible um, it's been an incredible experience. Um. So thanks for having, you know, having come on. The reason I say that is because we had um, we had a few email exchanges before we began this conversation. Um, and Daniel was, um, how to describe this? You were, you were questioning me about whether your English was going to be up to scratch. I thank you very, very deeply um, for making the effort. I know that um, English isn't your favoured language. If we were to conduct this in Hungarian, things would have been an awful lot easier for you. So thank you for taking the time out to, to do that. I appreciate it very much. What I would say is that a podcast is really not the place to to demonstrate what this slider can do. The intention, I suppose, is to pique your interest and think, okay, it's been years since I used a slider or it certainly haven't looked at this one before. It's definitely worth checking out. It's not, it's not like one I've used before. It's much more feature rich. So go to smartslider3.com Um, and check it out. And like Daniel says, there's a a very feature-rich free version, but uh, you can go anything up to $200. So Daniel, again, thank you for braving the English language and uh, coming on to talk about your products today. I appreciate it very much. Thank you for the invitation and bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: And today's ending fact is something that Nathan just discovered, which is on the Verge.com. And Google's Chrome is ad blocking. And apparently this has happened since the, when is it? The 15th, 15th of February. February. Yeah. Yeah, So it's all of those kind of annoying pop-ups that have got video and autoplaying sound and full-page adverts starting to get blocked by Google Chrome. And I didn't even know. Have you seen it, Nathan?
0: Uh, I've got loads of. Extensions in my Chrome Chrome browser in order to prevent a whole host of ads. I use, um, now what's this called? I'm just going to click over my extensions. There's one called (laughs) Privacy Badger that I use and I use another one called uBlock Origin, um, both of which will will remove a significant proportion of them. But if I was to turn them off, I'd probably be uh, benefiting from Chrome switching these off. And I think the intention really is not to... Well, clearly Google's not going to block ads, are they? Because that's going to literally flush their business down the toilet. So, they've yeah. got this they they're part of this thing called the Coalition for Better Ads. I I'd be really intrigued to know know who is behind it and which companies. Uh, I wonder if Facebook and Google might uh, have their hands in that pie. I don't know. But mm. yeah, they're they're going to be blocking ads and the sort of list is like this, uh, full page ads. Ads with autoplaying sound and video, flashing ads, um, and so on. And they're just simply going to be blocking them in the browser. It sort of leads to a little bit of questioning about the nanny state and things like that. But I have to say, I think on balance, I support this because being a regular user of the web, I, I don't like the annoying kind of ads. I do not want the autoplay video with with audio And I don't want the big, whatever it's called, welcome map that dominates the entire page and forces me to scroll down or click a button. Or these countdown timers where, you know, you've got to click buttons before you can even access the site itself and so on. So personally, I'm in support of this.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm surprised we're not talking about it more because it must be affecting some people. And with GDPR coming out as well, as more pop-ups than I've ever seen before yeah. because it's getting permission for cookie use. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if they would get blocked in any way. But I guess not. That's not the purpose of it. But uh, how no. would
0: it know? No. And to be honest with you, all of the, all of the plugins that I use that have any of this stuff, um, I I don't use that stuff. I've never encouraged people to use that stuff, and I haven't built anything into the websites. I've gone for the you know the contact form, which is a modal pop up, but that's not that's not an ad. That's a contact form pop up. Um, on yeah. the WP Builds website, just recently, I've used Convert Pro. Um, mm. that's the right one, isn't it? That's the brainstorm enforcement. Yeah. yeah, I've used that to pop up. No, not pop up. It's like a little bar. It's about a centimetre on desktop at the bottom and it just alerts mm. you as to what the latest competition is, but you can dismiss it. And I've set it such that it's dismissed for like 90 days or something. So it really, really, really goes away for a long time. Uh, and by that time, if it ever pops up again, there'll be a new competition and you can sort of dismiss it again. So I don't feel so bad about that. It doesn't get in the way of any of the content and I deliberately put it at the bottom. Um, and I don't yeah. think that would fall foul of this. So, yeah, interesting. Google yeah, taking taking the offense on offensive ads, something I, I think <laughs> on balance I support. Yeah, me too. I'd love to hear how it's working out for people if anyone's noticed it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, hopefully nobody has based their business upon these kind of uh, things, but certainly not I. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, We'll put a link to the article. And yes, we are currently at the end of this episode. So uh, it only remains for me to say things like go to wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook. Join the Facebook group uh, forward slash what else can we say? Win if there's a competition Uh, Mm -hmm. and forward slash try something, you know, see what you get. I think YouTube will work now. Um and so so on and so forth. So go go to go around the internet and share it, uh, please, because we'd appreciate that. That'd be great. Yeah. And so I'm going to fade in the cheesy music and say goodbye from me, Nathan Wrigley. Yes,
1: goodbye from me, David Womsey. Bye, tatty bye, bye.